So I'm taking a back look view at my holiday display in the studio. It's about halfway there um, in the sense that uh, I still have to do something on the porch. I'm going to talk, talk, tell you a little bit more about that. But uh, in any event, um, <clears throat> I am relaxing on my Studebaker. And uh, for, those, for those folks who listen in on, on this show, you know what the Studebaker is. I don't have to explain it to you. I don't have to go into any long explanation as to what it is. Uh, you all know that it's simply, I'm going to tell you what it is. I can't help myself. It's my couch. And I call it that because it's a studio couch. Because why? It's in my studio. That's why. And I deemed it such. And I can do those things. It's a free country. Don't you hate it when people tell you that? I hate it. I hate it when people tell me that. That's a free country. It's a free country. Yeah, everybody, I, I know it's a free country. You know, uh, a lot of these things you can do around the world. I guess America is a special place. I should do a whole show on America. Uh, the name America, where did it come from? America Vespucci, the discoverer of uh, Rhode Island. Of, uh, <laughs> I should say, America, Americus Vespucci. I think that was his name. And uh, not Emeritus, not Emeritus, uh, not, not someone who, not an old professor who stays on the campus and wears out his welcome. No, not that, not that word. Um, but um, anyway, in any event, I, I like kicking back and I'm doing such because I feel a sense of, well, a sense of sort of accomplishment, I must say. Even though I'm only not even quite halfway my Christmas displays, I, I'm sort of halfway. I'm going to say maybe I am. If I decide to do my front bushes and light those uh, for the holidays, it's uh, December 7th, by the way. Uh, the day after my sister Nikki's birthday, um, I remembered to call her and text her yesterday to wish her a uh, happy birthday and to have a great day. And she received that message. She's always great at getting back to me, like sisters should and like sisters do. So as I relax here on the Studebaker, I am angled to the display that I have uh, accomplished this afternoon. And before I could even begin to do what I needed to do in the window as far as Christmas display window. It was a simple um, goal in mind that I wanted to see the candles lit in the windows and see the beautiful reflections on clean windows. And there's the operative word, people, clean. I cleaned those windows before I did anything this afternoon while there was still available light. How how presence of mind-ish of me. I, 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 I can't believe that. I'm pretty good, huh? You don't want to clean... Let me tell you. Advice number one about living life. Don't attempt to wash windows in the dark. It's not going to get you very far. You're not going to be able to see what you're doing. That should be um, uh, every every newborn. That should be instilled in them like a like a ship going through space, like the, on this original Superman movie where he learns all that knowledge on his flight to Earth. Uh, his encyclopedias of knowledge are paging through and he's absorbing all the history of Earth and before he lands on the planet he knows what the whole lowdown is and, uh, but apparently uh, not enough to, to uh, well he, he ended up being a pretty, pretty big Superman didn't he, he he's a Superboy 
on the farm. They took him in, they took care of him, the nice couple, somewhere in Iowa and um, Indiana maybe, somewhere in the breadbasket. And uh, he, um, you never saw them after that before, after that. He never paid homage to his, his parents that raised him uh, from a pup. Uh, that's not addressed on any Superman or even any comic book that I know of. I don't really know comic books. I'm not going to pretend I do. Uh, it could have been the farm. The farm. He could have revisited his farm folks. That's definitely part of a DC comic uh, situation. No question about it. Um, I can see that happening. I can see Superman going back to his folks that brought him up and raised him to be a strong man and, uh, you know, turn the earth around in a flight. And I noticed that, uh, well, folks, you know, they should be, they should be uh, revisited. I should go revisit them. And if I were Superman, that's what I would have done. Um, fuck taking Lois Lane around Manhattan. She's already in D.C., New York. I want to go show my parents and see how they're doing and check in on them. No, I'm just kidding about Lois Lane. She's perfectly fine. I'll fly her around anywhere she wants to fucking go. Uh, I'm Superman and I can do those things. So back to my room. Back to my room. How about that for a tangent? That's going to be Tangent of the Year. That's, that's, that's the name I give it. Tangent of the Year. And I'll tell you, my OCD would have slowed this job down oh, easily doubled the time I took in the original days. I'm not going back too far. I'm not going back too far. My obsessive compulsive disorder manifested itself really October and November and December. Um, dare I say into January. Well, maybe January is spared. But certainly the late part of, 19, of, of 2019. And, um, you know, I, uh, I was taken for a tailspin tailspin but uh, 2020s looking better um, and my OCD is totally manageable I, I don't get obsessed about stuff um, I still have to make sure the faucets turned off in the bathroom tight I have to not check it twice but uh, kind of tap it uh, in its indentation a few times just to make sure and it, of course it's off the first time so intellectually I know that but just when I go to do it, uh, my obsessive-compulsive motor apparatus goes into gear. And my brain tells me to check that and hit the never. Just, you'll feel better. You'll feel better, guy. Your body, your whole body will actually feel better. It won't be vibrating with unresolved or unfulfilled tension. Unfulfilled and unfulfilled promise. You promised your body that you were going to hit that because you always do. Because you always do. Why, guy? Why do you do that? Because I always do. Because it's always the way it's always seemed to have been. It's the way it's always seemed to have been. And I know that different motors, I know that different aspects of the brain work for different, um, different functions. Um, and it's, it's actually kind of a marvel. The, the human the human brain and uh, how it thinks how it navigates the world how it sees opportunity how it 
acts on that opportunity. How it tries to get into a groove and not rock the boat and not and take the path of least resistance and know that that is a something that is opposite of fight and flight. It is preparation for any fight and flight. It is to be prepared and to reserve and conserve energy. First and foremost, to conserve energy. That, that nervous guy is not going to have that reserve energy. He has spent it in his fidgeting. That's why they tend to be thinner people. Uh, fidgeters tend to be. They tend to uh, just lose weight in front of you, uh, doing fidgety kind of things. And so getting back to my display, which is simply, I didn't let it worry me. I cleaned the windows thoroughly well inside and out. I took the screens out watching for the cat to make sure that during that, oh, 30-second time that the window is wide open while I'm getting the screen out, that he doesn't go anywhere near the window, and I made sure of that because he's one to, to jump out and do those things. And I immediately close the window once the screen is, is, is out of the way. And I did that for uh, the three living room windows, and I did that for the three office windows. Took out all the screens and then cleaned the glass inside out. I've got the uh, Harvey windows that tilt in and make the in, make, bring the inside bring the outside glass to the inside of the house so I can clean it. And it's just, the, the, the sashes fold right down, very cool. I like that function. I'm looking out these windows now and they look gleaming in the late late afternoon light. There's not, I can't even say there's really any sun out. It's, it's shrouded, we're shrouded by clouds with some peekaboo, lighter areas of sky, still clouded, but with brighter clouds. And that is a sort of a, uh, a uh, patchwork of clouds going through uh, against a bright light blue sky diffused. And the trees are, are bare of their leaves and they, 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 the bark has taken on a gray look to, to overall to all the trees. It's a grayish, a grayish appearance. Um, I'm just telling you what I see. And the rooftops of my house, my neighbors across the street. That's essentially what we've got, and um, and so my my windows are clean. They are definitely clean. And the Christmas tree in the corner, um, which was put up after the candles which are in the windows that's the extent of my decorations in the windows by the way candles it harkens back to my mom putting them in the and my dad putting them in the windows um and because we weren't necessarily religious but my father was church organist and my mom sang in the choir and uh, you know you did those things you put christmas uh, lights in your windows uh you um you burnt the the ramu you burnt the Palmier, the, the, the palm from, for, for Palm Sunday, you burnt those during a thunderstorm to, uh, to keep the Holy Spirit in the house and to incense the house with incense, uh, pungent incense of palms permeating through the, every, every room. So in that same tradition are the candles in the, in the window, and I continue that t- tradition. 
Okay, I, tra- I continue that tradition of uh, bringing some light into and outs of the room and uh, celebrating Christmas more than anything, more than anything, celebrating Christmas and, uh, uh, and, and, and the spirit and, and festivity of the season. And uh, they, they're all wired in, it's, they're all set to go, and independently wired in the corner is my, my Martha Stewart tree. It's a diminutive table tree. It is a table tree. I am not going to make it all more than it is, but from the outside, it also almost looks like a full-size tree because half the view uh, is cut off. Um, not that I'm trying to make any kind of statement, but um, I like my little tree. It's uh, three feet if it's a day. It's it's got it's got uh, you can count you count on your two hands how many lights are on it. But I like it. I like the low maintenance aspect of it. It uh, it was sitting in the basement all ready to be brought upstairs. It was in pretty good shape. I didn't have to really tuft it out, uh, but I did pull out some of the branches just to even out the the shape of the tree. Um, it took me literally uh, five, ten minutes at the most to get the tree back to its mode. And uh, also the fact that it's pre-lit makes it a joy to just set up and not worry, have to worry about wrapping a, a, uh, a light set around the tree. So I'm phased, I'm, well, phased, I'm phased, I guess, but I'm, I'm, also, um, I'm also ecstatic about how simple and easy this is. Now here's phase, that's phase one. That's phase one of, of the operation, folks. Phase two will begin tomorrow. And I'm going to promise that to myself. I'm going to make it a point for tomorrow to be the day that I start phase two. What is phase two? It could be one of two things. It could be putting up a colored light tree on the porch for outdoor display, which I did last year which was very successful. Or it could be a combination of the two of that tree and also putting lights on the bushes. Now, I think you know where I'm going from with here. I know. I think you know where I'm coming from here. I'm pretty sure you must be getting it down. My option one, again, let me just repeat. My option one is to set up the tree from last year on the porch, the outside colored light display in the shape of a Christmas tree taking about three or four sets plugging in from the porch light extension uh, porch light socket there's a socket adapter that I had to get for that and that the lights travel to the tree and and that's about what it is three or four sets that's 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 one phase one one scenario one scenario two would be to do that same tree plus put up outdoor lights on the front bushes okay and when I say the front I really limit it to the front either sides of the house the windows uh, embellishing the windows that have the candles in them if you can understand the front elevation of my house. Um, 
And I think you know where I'm going, and that is I'm probably just going to do phase one, one, not phase one, point two. Phase one point one, I can handle the one tree. I can handle that one tree, putting that up. Um, I think it's probably going to even go in the same exact spot. I already know what to do from last year, so there's not shouldn't be any surprises. And I think that's what I'm going to do, and that's going to be tomorrow. But before I do that, I've got to get into the into the porch onto the porch anyway. And while I do, I've got to pick up the glass that broke uh, the other day in the heavy, the high winds that we had uh, coming rolling rolling on through here in Pawtucket. Uh, we had some pretty heavy winds, gusts 30, 40 miles an hour. And uh, one of the uh, one of the displays on my table fell over. The wind caught it, and it fell over and broke the glass, and crashed right through the glass. And there's shards of glass on the floor. Not too bad. There's about five or six pieces. It's all something I could easily handle. Um, I don't see it going into any real uh, effort to. Uh, to take care of that. I can see that happening and getting fixed relatively fast. And then I can make way to the back of the porch and set up the tree uh, right where there's a, uh, a rocking bench. I'm going to have to move that rocking bench. Um, and, uh, and, you know, you think that's going to be easy, but, you know, sometimes the easiest things are the hardest things. But I'm hoping from last year, from experience and Christmas of 2019, uh, that I can uh, parlay, I can parlay that experience uh, onto doing something more constructive in the way of the Christmas tree, Yuletide, uh, Christmas time festivities. Well, it always seems that each morning is different in its approach to uh, becoming a full day. Um, Dawn is just past here in the studio. Uh, The sky is a golden uh, horizon, uh, a horizon of gold with an upper, upper, um, uh, I would say like a a grayish blue uh, tinge to it. It looks like a nice start of a day. it uh, looks it looks looks like it's going to be a, a, a nice day at least at least a nice morning uh, from the looks of the uh, the uh, I would say this is we're, we're, we're definitely in the midst of dawn right now I'd say we're right in the in the midst of it uh, the horizon is very well defined with a with a sort of a peachish um, Melba uh, Melba color um, horizon. Um, that is uh, somewhat glowing, and that dissipates into the um, the uh, blue, uh, slateish, light slate blue uh, sky. And uh, there's a certain illuminance to the whole scene, and it's uh, backlit. Uh, uh, is my front yard tree, uh, and uh, is framing it. Um, as I look out my left studio window here. And um, that's the start of my morning ruminations. Uh, and uh, that's uh, 
a segment where I devote a little bit of time to talking about the morning. And uh, so the, the glow of the sky is, is, is really very, very luminous, luminous is, is what I get out of, out of this dawn. And it seems like it could be an extended dawn. Yet, uh, as soon as we start seeing some definition in some of the foreground elements, like the, uh, the tree, uh, as I mentioned earlier, and uh, other elements that come into play, when we see those in more full light, um, I think we probably can call it a morning. Um, and the dawn has is, is, is done its, its duty, done its duty in the, in the chronological order of things. Um, the street becomes more apparent as the illumination um, and the, the diffusing, the, the diffusing uh, uh, element of light shedding upon uh, the Pawtucket neighborhood, and that's that's kind of what it's all about right now in the, in the moment. Um, and it, it's still, I would still call this. Um, even at this point, uh, still to be, uh, we're in a, we're in the throes of dawn, and that's pretty much where we're coming from on the whole uh, timeline of things. At this point, at this point in the morning, as I analyze it and I sit here on the Studebaker and I uh, control uh, my uh, uh, little world here. Uh, the light in the house is, you know, it's the 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 def definition of the um, furniture is starting to become more apparent. Uh, I like that early onset of light. I don't like to have any lights on if I could help it. I like a dark situation until the daylight comes into the studio, and I start seeing uh, start seeing objects in the room, and sort of takes demystifies each of the objects uh, one at a time and in a sense and uh, that's that's my early morning as I sip my coffee in my Paul Massey mug um, and uh, down east coffee I'm having in this tonight today this morning uh, should I say this morning not tonight it's 6 43 a.m. as I look at my watch here my clock um, I'm having uh, Down East coffee, and it's a Pawtucket, Rhode Island brand, and I purchased that at Market Basket in uh, across uh, in Attleboro, South Attleboro, where I go to uh, do my food shopping, um, and uh, it's a good good coffee. I like it. It's um, I like it. It's a good coffee. It's a, I'm having Colombian right now, and it's. Um, and, uh, you know, um, I, I'd give it a nine. I'd give it a nine. Um, and uh, I think it's pretty good. So, and then I've got another one, Boston's Best, which is, is good. I would say that's good, too. I'd give that an 8.5. 8 um, and I would give, there's another brand I have in the cupboard, uh, and I'm forgetting what the brand is, um, but I would give that one an 8.7, uh, possibly an 8, possibly a 9 on that one, too. That would be my second best, my second favorite after the Down East. So I like the coffees, um, and uh, although that, you know, that middle one that I can't think of the name of, 
That's a pretty good coffee. I, I, I might, I might, I might take, I might uh, make a pot of that in the morning, tomorrow morning. Uh, with, with coffee consumption, um, I tend to have it in the morning like I do here with, with morning ruminations. Um, and I have my coffee and I'll empty the pot out within the hour. Uh, I will have, uh, I'll be on my second mug. Uh, so I'll empty the pot out and shut the coffee maker off. And it's, it's off, it is off for the day. I am really going to make coffee. If anybody comes over, um, which is not too often, uh, typically, so I don't really do it much, so I would make a second pot, uh, I mean, I would make a third pot in this case. Uh, I mean, I know this would be a second pot, I'm sorry. Uh, it would be, you know, it would be uh, a bigger pot because more people are over or whatever. And, or I might, on a rare occasion, make make a late morning second pot on my own. But that's probably even more, well, that's, that's about as rare too. I'm not gonna do that so much. I pretty much finished drinking my coffee for the most uh, work-a-day day, uh, and that is by my first pot. So, uh, and so, so basically what I'm saying is really, uh, on occasion only, will I make a second pot of coffee, a uh, second full pot or a regular pot, or if it's for me or for, for a company over the house. So that's the story with coffee. And here we are in morning. We're, we're in morning mode. And after all, it is called morning ruminations. Um... It's not called dawn ruminations, although mornings include dawn, so I always include dawn. And the first glint of light um, did a whole little segment quite a few podcasts ago on the word glint. And uh, I think the approach I took with that was the different meanings that you could put to that word. Uh, you can give it different meanings. You can glint. Glint can be an instant in time. That's it. Or it can be a. Uh, it can be a very instant moment in time, but it can be a duration. It can also be drawn out more um, and uh, encompass more. Uh, but a glint is typically the most dynamic definition. Would be a glint, a, a little, a little, um, a little, a little fairy. Uh, with little fairy dust that for just an instant, a uh, little bit of an instant of light uh, that defines what the word glint means. A glint is, is, a, is an instant in time, typically, uh, empirically, that the, the Webster approach would be, that it would be that. Glimmer. Glint. Those are two words that go hand in hand into a glimmer of light. Um, and um, they are a match set. They are match set to describe a brief manifestation, according to Google. A brief manifestation, I like that, of, uh, of light. And, uh, and notice brief and manifestation, um, the operative word there. 
but the operative word really is brief. Uh, and how brief? Well, it's very instant. I go back to that word instant. And that's the mystery of glint. But uh, beyond glint uh, is dawn, is full, full light broadcast, uh, light transmission making its way as we described it on the earlier sub-segment that we just described of uh, dawn and how dawn looked. And the sky right now in morning mode has diffused itself uh, to to be more of a wash, uh, but a brighter wash nonetheless uh, of the sky uh, outside of my studio windows here. And um, as I look out to the uh, other room where my deadwood stick is up against the glass on the side light of the uh, front door. Um, I can see it clearly. Um, I see the light uh, making its way into that room. So everything's pretty much covered. We're pretty much covered as far as the morning is concerned. There's another beautiful morning. Um, it just seems like to be a fair day settling in here. Um, I just looked out the window and I, the roof line across the way kind of reminded me of a farm scene just, just for an instant. Uh, it has a farm kind of, kind of farm quality to the morning this morning. However, I, 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 however you can visualize that, um, it's, it's a golden light. Um, and again, the, now the detail... The detail is definitely um, coming into its own. The tree bark is being defined as being well-defined. I can see the tree bark definition. Now I, I, that's why I call it a full morning mode. We're in a full morning mode right now at uh, 7.02 a.m. And it was, we were in full morning mode for at least 15 minutes. So um, into the shank of, uh, of the 6 o'clock morning hour, uh, 6, I'd say 6, by, by 6.45, uh, definitely uh, the sky was uh, a sustainable brightness to be, called, uh, to be called full morning mode. And it's a wonderful thing to see the start of each day. And I'm glad to be alive to be able to just, you know, kick back, relax, and enjoy the the morning coming in uh, with my coffee. Um, a podcast or two is fun to do, but you know, aside from that, it's uh, it's its own experience. The morning, and I'm glad I can share morning ruminations with you. I'm glad I've got a little segment called morning ruminations, and uh, this was a sort of a uh, empirical approach to morning. I gave you a well, I sort of do that anyway. I do a I don't know if I, that's probably not a good word. Um, I, I do a practical approach. Maybe that's the way to look at it. A practical approach to, um, to uh, my morning rumination program. I try to dissect it. I try to uh, analyze. I definitely observe and analyze. Uh, you cannot, um, you cannot accuse me of not, um, uh, breaking down the scene in a descriptive manner. Um, that's just my nature. I want to explain things. Um, I, I talked about my Deadwood. I like to get into the story of Deadwood. 
Um, I like to. Go, I sometimes like to go off on tangents. Sometimes going off on tangents or subtangents. I so I sort of call subtangents. It's a, almost a misnomer, but it, it describes. It subtangency describes something that is mildly connected, but is still a little off the beaten path. Not no pun intended to the Deadwood walking stick. So let me explain the Deadwood walking stick. Okay, here's the deal with Deadwood. Uh, it is a, um, I have a Cragley, I have the Cragley model here. And what it is, is it's a, it's a fork and a branch, a fork in a, in a, in a, in a, in a small limb that has a uh, support that comes down um, 37 inches down, 36 inches down from the bend point or in the, 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 uh, the union. The, the, and then the handle is the upper, heavier, uh, and now truncated off to work as more of a, a three-inch or four-inch long uh, handle, uh, sort of a grasping handle that comes in off an uh, angle from that uh, curving. The, the uh, support is a curving part of the, the limb. And this is really tough to explain a piece of beautiful nature over the over the airwaves to you folks um, via podcast. Uh, the other the other side of that is there's another branch that would have normally been there. Uh, it would have looked like a fork, but it's missing. It's truncated off, uh, and it's off about another that's four inch, and it creates a nice handle. Bottom line is it's a craggly. Uh, they call it the craggly. Uh, but it's only Cragley defines those those walking sticks that are um, handle that have a built-in handle as part of the, the design the, the beautiful design of of God God's nature um, and uh, and what he uh, provides so the walking stick is deadwood and it has a natural curve to it so that it really has a good stance when you place it on the ground. It conforms, uh, it has a small, uh, about a uh, 10 degree uh, turn on it, um, maybe about a 20 degree turn. Um, it looks, in profile, it looks a little bit like a question mark, although probably not that angle. It's more of a, it, it takes on a, it does take on a cane uh, look to it, um, it's, it does have almost a hybrid. I'm going to call this a hybrid between a walking stick and a cane. So it's got it's got that that uh, that that turn that a cane would have, but only because it has it's um, got that uh, the joint there uh, where the two prongs come out. One of them, of course, cut off as I mentioned earlier. The other one acting as the walking stick. have the capacity as as a human race we have capacity to learn capacity capacity to be corrected a great capacity for love a great capacity for understanding will give the other person the benefit of the doubt at our expense if necessary 
not avoid embarrassment in order to have success in those endeavors. Um, only the selfish among us would uh, retreat from it. So capacity is a very strong, big word today in the world. Capacity to love our animals, as my cat meows in the background. Capacity to uh, understand one another and the disparate places from which we all come from. And some of us have a lot of commonality. I like the common aspect of when I go on YouTube, let's say, for instance. I like the comments section. I like to read comments while the video is playing or the music is playing. I like to get validation for my beliefs. I like to see my commonality and our capacity for each other's, our capacity for empathy. Let's just put it that way. It's a very great thing indeed. God, did God give it to us? Did God give us this capacity? Is it, is it learned? Is it learned or is it inherited? Is capacity inherited? There's a question for all the wise people out there. My, my answer to that is no, it only comes through experience. Capacity comes through experience. Um, maybe we want to put that on the back of a coin somewhere. Um, capacity is our, our own burden, which we decide to share for the common good. For the common good, that's the operative word. Is it altruistic? No, it's just human nature. It's just human nature to have capacity. Um, you might have gone back to the old cave times where you needed some capacity to, to exist in life. My cat is really meowing, if you can hear him in the background. He's whimpering and meowing, and I don't know why. He's over by the porch where I put up the Christmas lights, which are yet to be illuminated because I need to get a, I need, I just bought an, uh, an extension cord a 15-footer, and I'm going to pass it under the door because my uh, my porch socket doesn't work. I use one of those screw-in adapters that uh, converts the socket to a plug-in adapter, and I don't know if that's the defective thing. I don't think it is. It's a brand-new part. I don't see uh, anything wearing out on that part. There's no moving parts, per se. It's a, just an insert that goes into, screws into the socket and becomes a plug. So our capacity, our capacity, back to our capacity, and I don't want to lose track of it. Um, we have the capacity to uh, hate. We have the capacity to understand, but we have the capacity to misunderstand, and we wait for cues from other people to validate our beliefs or disbeliefs. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. It's a simple formula. Capacity has been around for a long time, and how I came up with this, how I came up with this subject this morning, for this segment at least, was brought, brought to you by my cats. Just thank my cats for that, because they reminded me that they have capacity to uh, experience life through a filter, and to um, not complain verbally about it. I'm not going to get them anywhere if they do. Then again, it probably would get them very, very far if they complained to me and gave me my exact gripe. I would certainly 
work hard to correct it. Certainly work hard to correct it. Gratitude of life, gratitude of love, gratitude of learning. Capacity to love, capacity to learn, capacity through gratification, capacity through gratitude. Capacity through gratitude and life's life brings us. We want to experience life at every level, so therefore we have an expanded capacity as human beings. We've got it over the animal kingdom, where they can only focus on one thing at a time. We can focus on many things at, at any given time. We have great capacity. We have capacity, uh, the capacity to make mistakes and, and be corrected by others, as I said. We have the capacity to um, to just be a human being, and what that entails. It, it entails a juggling act. We're, we're all juggling out there. Some of us are a little bit more capable than others. Some of us could be on the Ed Sullivan Show tomorrow. Uh, others just show their total weakness and ineptitude with every every juggle comes off the hand and goes up in the air, where's it going to land? Is it going to land back in the hand? Is it going to fall? Is it this capacity? Is there a great capacity going to backfire on them? Will it be the bane of their existence? I say to you, no. Uh, the more that we can have capacity for, the more that we can uh, understand. The more that we can understand. And we seek we seek as satient beings to understand the world around us. And if that does, if that needs extra capacity to do that, then so be it. Have you put your tree up yet? It's that holiday time of year. How about your Yule log? Have you placed your Yule log in the fireplace? What's a Yule log anyway? Well, it's a log. And it's a single item. It's about, oh, 16 inches long. Perfect looking. Kind of like that log cake with the ice cream in it, you know. And it's a, it's Yule. It's very Yule. Did you get your lights up? Did you do lights this year? I did. I did, I did. I want to compare my notes with yours. And that's what you do at this time of year. Late in December. Um, Looks like it's uh, December 16th today, today's date. Um, This podcast has been broken up into segments that have been timed out uh, by a few days, some of them. Uh, Some of them uh, almost as much as... um, a week or two between segments. I think the first segment I did was, oh, a good three weeks ago. Um, am I running out of ideas? I don't know. I'm in a little bit of a slump. I could use some input. Friends uh, tell me to, to keep going with it, keep it going, keep it alive. And uh, as far as I can see, I don't see any reason for shutting down the operation. Um, there is always something to talk about. But I have to filter it. I have well, not necessarily filter it. I want to, I want to make it interesting for you. I don't want to just uh, uh, 
tell you what I'm doing on Christmas. I want to sort of involve you. That's why I asked you if you put your tree up. Did you put your tree up? Where did you put it? In the corner of the room? In the window? By the fireplace? Which is probably not a smart place to put a real tree. Uh, did you follow all your safety procedures? How many light sets did you put up? Did you follow the maximum light sets allowed? How big is your tree? Does it touch the ceiling? Is it a small little tabletop tree like mine? I went low maintenance this year. I really did. I'm lazy. I'll, I'll admit it. I'll be the first to admit it. Um, I put up the, the most ambitious thing I did last year and this year was I put a string of lights on the shape of a Christmas tree, uh, about three or four sets worth of uh, multicolored lights on my porch. And it hangs from a hook. It actually hangs from the uh, porch light fixture on the ceiling of the porch. It's about a six foot by uh, ooh, a 12 foot porch. It's a small porch. And the tree takes almost the whole width of that six feet as it spreads out and, and opens up at the, at the, by the floor. And it looks very, very elegant from the street. And we get, we get, ride, we get rides by us. We get people that... We get, uh, we get the, the gooseneck that comes out, uh, the uh, little bit of a goosenecking. What is that expression? Rubbernecking. There you go. Thanks, Mark. Mark's here in the studio with me, Mark Halpern, my uh, uh, sound engineer. Uh, and the rubberneckers, you know, they like to look at house decorations. And uh, I don't have any front bush lights on, no, no lights on the front, on the front, uh, front bushes this year. Um, again, my laziness comes through. I have candles in the windows. I put those up first. Um, follows a tradition in our family of putting candles in the window. In the windows. I've got three in the three windows in the office, in the front of the house. And I've got three more in the uh, studio, uh, on the other side of the house, in the front. So if you drive by my front, you see my candles lit. You see my small little tree in the corner. If you look, it's really not hard to see. And um, if you continue to look at the house as you drive by, uh, you see the, the tree on the porch, the multicolored uh, tree. So happy Yuletide to all, and I hope you will have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. Um, and hope it is great with your family and I hope you can do enough things during these times and have fun. Welcome to the Talk Me Some Art and Other Stories podcast. I'm Guy Massey. Today, it's all about Christmas and capacity. <laughs>